1: Hey, Boise. It's lead producer Frankie Barnhill. Before we get into today's show, I have a favor to ask. We need about 100 people to fill out our quick listener survey, and I hope you'll be one of them. It's all multiple choice, and it won't take more than five minutes, I promise. Plus, if you take the survey, you'll be eligible to win a $250 Visa gift card. Go to citycast.fm survey right now. Again, that's citycast.fm survey. Thanks. Today on CityCast Boise The James Beard Awards ceremony for restaurants is tonight in Chicago And for the first time, two Idaho chefs are finalists Salvador Alamia of Amano and Chris Camori of Kin Are talking with Emma about what tonight means to them Plus, they share the food they eat in Boise When they're not working in their kitchens It's Monday, June 5th, and this is what Boise is talking about.
2: Hi, Chris. Hi, Sal. Thanks for coming on CityCast Boise.
0: Yeah. Hi, Emma. Thanks for having us.
2: Hi, Emma. Thanks for having us, too. So this is exciting. Uh, you, uh, Sal, you have been nominated twice for the James Beard Awards. Chris, you've been ni- nominated five times, but no Idaho chef has made it to the finals until now. But I want to start by asking how you became chefs. Uh, you had very different plans. Salvador, I hear that you were studying architecture. And Chris, originally you planned on going to med school, but now here you are. So what does this recognition for the James Beard Awards mean to you? Like, Did you ever think you'd be in this position?
3: No I I I didn't think I would be here in this position. I I was studying uh, architecture when I was younger and uh moved up to Idaho met my wife here and she completely changed my plans of becoming an architect. That's when I you know I decided that uh, I wanted to open up a restaurant uh, but obviously had no experience and I started off washing dishes at a local restaurant. I spent years <laughs> prepping, washing dishes, working on the line. I never went to uh, culinary school so finding ourselves here now with jane beard finalists is uh it's pretty special
2: what about you chris
0: uh, i also started off as a dishwasher Oh, um, good. <laughs> yeah that that was in college i went to the college of idaho and i was maybe 17 18 when i started dishwashing same kind of thing went through the restaurant prep cook server I actually was front of house manager there uh, meanwhile i was um, still getting my undergrad I eventually did apply to medical school, I took MCATs, I was in the interview process, and it it just felt like I was lying to them and lying to myself. And meanwhile, I had really fallen in love with the restaurant industry and kind of the hustle and bustle of it and the camaraderie within it. And it was a hard decision to say, oh, I'm not gonna go to med school, I'm gonna go to culinary school. But um, of all people, it was my family that were the most supportive. So I did go to culinary school. It was a quick two-year program. I would say mostly I learned from the restaurants that I landed in Seattle and Portland, though. Um, I never really thought, one, I didn't want to own a place. And two, never would have imagined being on, you know, short lists of awards and stuff like that. But, you know, we'll take it. It's pretty exciting.
2: Yeah, it's very exciting. Well, Chris, why don't you walk us through the Kin dining experience? If you have, if people haven't been there, it's hard to describe what an incredibly immersive and artistic dining experience is. It is Um, what goes into preparing that?
0: Sure. Um, So the pin side of our tasting menu is uh, we have a menu that's seven to nine courses, kind of depends, and we hold that menu for four to five weeks. It always has a theme to it. Um, So currently, we actually the theme is around James Beard, the person who is like the American culinary icon. But in the past, we've done menus based on local artists that we have hanging within the restaurant space. So. The the dishes are drawn from these kind of sometimes abstract or strange uh, ideas. But the beauty of that side of the restaurant is that um, it's one seating. It's all basically everyone gets the same thing at the same time it being set. And so it gives us an opportunity and space to tell the story within the dish. Um, So it is food. It is beverage. It is going on eating at a restaurant, but it's a lot more of an immersive experience. Um, And what we really love about it is it's a very shared connection, us to the guests, but also the guests to each other. And then we do have Art House, which is our cocktail bar. Um, So that's a la carte food and drinks. We have the bar on the 14th floor and we're about to kick off our picnic uh, concerts out on the grass.
2: Yay! I love the picnic series. Those are so fun. Um, and, and even just, you know, if people are walking by, you can see that people are like, oh, what is this? This is amazing. So yeah, super fun experience. Sal, I wanted to ask you, so Amano means made by hand. And I know that your connection to your family and representing, uh, the Latino community is really a big, like a huge role in what making, uh, Amano what it is. So I was wondering, I know you take these trips to Mexico. What do you learn on those trips? And what do you, how do you bring that knowledge back to your restaurant?
3: Yeah, I mean the trips are important to us because it uh, it connects me back to to our roots. I was born in Mexico. Uh, I was brought to the U.S. illegally when I was four or five. Um, so I, I grew up undocumented in Southern California. For many years, I never visited Mexico because I couldn't go back. So uh, finally, became a, a U.S. resident and 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 took a couple trips, but never really had the resources to go back. And, and really you know explore different areas of of my culture and so now we, we take the opportunity to go back and talk to as many people that we can you know and, and and be there with them and cook with them some of the best experiences are cooking in the most humble places you know like it's it's firewood cooking it's um uh, picking off of a milpa, milpa is like a, a way of growing, right? So corn, bean, and squash, and and just being connecting back. We're not, we don't bring recipes back, and I don't ask for recipes. We just cook together, we eat together, we drink a lot of mezcal. Uh, that's that's another reason why we we go back is just to learn more about it, about the destilados mexicanos or American dis, or Mexican distillates um and yeah that's just to reconnect you know with what it, what it is uh, to be from mexico
2: what keeps you guys motivated like how do you continue to push yourself and your teams to be creative and come up with new concepts to make the dining ex- experience like unique every time for people so why don't you start
3: I think motivation for for me it has always been something different. When I was younger, I was learning how to cook. I was learning technique, um, and and then as you get older, kind of like what Chris said, you you're more on the you know how to how to become a better leader, how to become a better member of the community, how to have better uh, community outreach. I feel very uh, privileged and also very humbled by. You know, representing even in our small way the Latino community in in, in the city of Caldwell and, and and the bigger kind of Treasure Valley area, um, a lot of a lot of guests come to us and they're like, you know, just thank you for being here and for representing us this way. And so that that means a lot, and that's inspiring, right? That's always how do we keep getting better? How do we keep presenting our culture in this way? And that that is right now our our probably our biggest motivation.
0: I mean, I would agree a lot with what Sal's sentiment is, and like, kind of like our time, our place within our careers has shifted a bunch. For me and my business partner, Ramey, one thing that's really important to us is um, helping progress the restaurant industry. A lot of the times, working in a restaurant is not seen as a professional career. Um, And now, like, if you get to a point where like you sacrificed a lot and you are getting nominated for awards, all of a sudden people are like, "Oh, congratulations!" But that's not really what it's like for a lot of people, and so we want to help progress that, change that, and say you can have a career in restaurants, you can have a balanced life, you can get paid, you can uh, see, you can have a lot of the benefits of it, and and that's just it. So as a structure of business, we we know we have to invest in our crew. Um, that is not only proper training and teaching, um, but it's making sure that they have all the benefits that other industries have that restaurant, a lot of small restaurants at least can't offer that's healthcare, you know, that's taking care of mental health, um, that's being, getting paid time off and everything like that, you know? So we, we speak with our crew a lot and we do ask them all the time, like, you know, what in your life, what's going to benefit you? What's going to keep you in the restaurants? So, you know, what motivates me to keep going is creating dishes still Well we're still in the kitchen, washing dishes, peeling onions but it's it's um it's the growth and nurturing and training of the staff you know i selfishly for me what i would love in 10 15 years is to have that kin family tree where there are people that have worked with us that now have their own places and their good culture and their amazing food and beverage and we can go in and share that with them that's that's our goal
2: uh, i love that that's a beautiful sentiment and i think you know you're so right that for a long time you know, people working in the restaurant industry, it was kind of like not a a real job. People would sort of treat it like that. But then now that there's a worker shortage and people are, you know, restaurants are having shorter hours and stuff. Suddenly it's like, oh, wait a minute. These are very essential jobs doing something we all really, really appreciate, which is making food that we we love. So I think that's I think that's a really great way to describe it. Is there a recent dish that you like are really happy with something that's like really inspired you to try some new combos of flavors, something you're feeling really good about
0: maybe not a specific dish but um because sometimes we get a little weird with flavor combinations (laughs) and things like that um but but more so it's actually that you know when we create menus what what we do at least on the kitchen side is we sit down as as a as a team and we talk about what theme it's going to be we kind of break up inspirations for specific dishes we look at what ingredients we're going to be able to get from the farms um a couple weeks out and then We sort of, I sort of just say to the crew, like, okay, why don't you take this dish? And then they go off and they work on it, you know, and they, they put the pen to the paper and and brainstorm some ideas. And then they come back and we talk about how, what's going to work, why it's not. And so really what I'm proud of, long story short, is their growth and development. And we create these menus as a team. So it's hard to make sure that there's flow and it's cohesive and things like that. But that's like really fun part.
2: Mm. What about you salsa? Anything you're in love with that you're making right now really specifically? Um,
3: you know, I'm I'm always in love with beans. <laughs> 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 that's like my, that's my comfort is I have to every time I'm, I'm at the restaurant I have to have some beans and tortillas and salsa. We like to play more on nostalgia, you know, dishes that that remind me of of a, of a moment in time. So we had a a gentleman come in a few weeks ago and I didn't, I didn't know, you know, his background or anything, but uh, I was, you know, walking around. and I was talking to tables, and and he told me, "Oh, you're, are you the chef?" I was like, "Yes," and he just had some Chile, uh, chile Colorado and and beans and tortillas, and he uh, he he started to get teary-eyed, and he said that that food, that specifically the Chile Colorado and, and the, the homemade tortillas, reminded him of his mom, Aww. who had passed away. And so this was a gentleman in his 60s, and 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 he was like. For so many years I have yet to try something that reminded me of my mom Aww. and this was it and his friends brought him there he had no idea that we even existed but that's kind of the the reason why we why we do or why we have a mono who we are is is to bring a lot of those uh, memories back
2: I love that it makes me wonder. So, how would you describe like the food and dining scene in the Treasure Valley? Like, do you have a favorite place? And I'm going to say you can't say each other's, just so we get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, but do you have? Do you both have like a favorite place in Treasure, the Treasure Valley? And and do you think we need work? Do you think the se- food scene here is really good? Do you think it needs
3: work? Um, as far as I mean, I, I go to K- we go to Ken. Uh, uh, Chris knows that we we uh, if there's a place that we go to in Boise, we always go to. I, I personally like, I have a lot of uh, memories at, uh, at Bar Garnica, for example. Mm. I enjoy Bar Garnica, the croquetas specifically. Tangos, empanadas. I remember talking to, to Luis years ago about this dream of opening up a restaurant. He always encouraged us. And, and that's at another place that I go back for empanadas. I was actually just there a couple of weeks ago and I picked up some empanadas. What about you, Chris?
0: I think that the restaurant scene in Boise is growing. It felt like for a while, a lot of the mid-aged, in their prime cooks were leaving town, um, going to other places. And while that might still be true, it feels like we're getting a lot of people that are voicing in Treasure Valley Natives moving back, and they're actually coming back with a little bit more experience. Um, so that is a good sign, you know, with the growth of the the whole area, you know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of entrepreneurial people coming back. I I would say that probably a lot of the food system is more on the corporate side and, you know, about like mini franchises and whatnot. And that has its place. Um, I don't necessarily think the Valley has its own kind of identity and voice. I mean, I I honestly, I believe that what what Sal and his team are doing out there is helping to create that on the Western side of the Valley, um, because I know how authentic and, and real it can be for people out there. You know then then there's there's people like um, Pal Elliott at Little Pearl, and he's about to open up the Avery, the boutique hotel It's coming up soon. And he's an example of someone that um, he moved to New York young, came back to Boise and he's just been powering away at at opening up this hotel. but in the in the meantime, what he's doing is he's really training people up. Those are the kind of places that we support because we you know, we see similarities with it. Um, I think Boise's food and the Treasure Valley's restaurants are on their way. I think they have a long way to go, but also the agricultural system here and the farmers' markets and the young farms are are really getting there. Uh, they've surpassed restaurants now, um, and which is a good thing because now we can get that local seasonal produce kind of more in volume, and that whole mentality of of seasonality in food is being pressured on places more. So.
2: So the James Beard Foundation Awards are coming up uh, in Chicago. What's the first thing you both want to do when you're in Chicago? And do you already know where you're going to eat while you're there?
0: We don't have set plans. Rami and I and um, our partners were flying out on the Saturday before. I kind of want to just like meander around a little bit the first night. The interesting part about what we're doing is we are flying our entire crew out. Oh, cool.
2: Oh, that's really neat. Fun
0: it's a very expensive family trip. <laughs> so they're taking care of Saturday service and then they're all, it's going to be about 20 of them and they're hopping on the same flight and they're going to come out oh my to gosh. Chicago. <laughs> they're going to the ceremony and everything. So, you know, I think it's just like, we're so tight and close with each other. And I mean, I, Sal, I sure would um, agree that it's our name, but it takes so much more than just one person. It's it's not even just the kitchen; it's the entire staff. But we get the credit for it, I guess, a little bit. But you know, for us, it's like we couldn't decide. It's either just Rami and I that go, or it's everyone. And so we we went with everyone.
2: Oh, and that's so, so fun!
0: Yeah, it'll just be super exciting to to see the the crew just like having a blast and going out and
3: experiencing Chicago.
2: So fun. What about you, Sal? Do you have anything you're really looking forward to in Chicago?
3: You know, there's there's a lot there that I've heard of. I've never been to Chicago before. Uh, nobody has that, that's going with us. Um, so, yeah, we're going to just kind of play it by ear and just be, you know, ex- explore and see what we stumble upon. Um, and uh, yeah, we're excited. And we're going to be taking um, my mom and our general manager, Karen, who's worked with me for over 10 years and obviously my uh, partner and wife, Becca. Oh,
2: fun. Well, maybe you can catch a Cubs game and get a hot dog while you're there. Uh, I can't speak (laughs) highly (laughs) enough of the Chicago hot dogs. They put a lot of crap on there, but it is really, really good. Well, thank you both so much and congratulations. Um, We're so, so lucky to have both of you here in the Treasure Valley. And yeah, I can't wait to hear about how your trip goes. Yeah,
0: yeah, thanks again for having us and hearing our story. Yeah, thank you for your time.
1: And one more thing before we sign off. Although Sal and Chris are able to fly to Chicago direct for the James Beard Awards, the same can't be said anymore for passengers flying to Houston. According to Boise Dev, United Airlines has paused their direct flight to the Texas city through October. This comes as Boise airport officials are working to add more nonstop destinations like Orlando, Florida and Washington, D.C. Okay, that's all for today here on CityCast Boise. Remember to fill out our quick online survey, citycast.fm survey, for a chance to win a $250 Visa gift card. We'll be back tomorrow with a story of a hidden history of Boise. See you then.